Hello, Stephen. Hello, Erica. I have to apologize. So do I. Who are you apologizing to? I think the same person. The animators? Yes. That we slagged off last time about being uh, inconsistent with uh, with the costuming for uh, Miss Garrett. Not Mrs. Garrett. Not to be confused with uh, Facts of Life. <laughs> Very important. Dis, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Dis- uh, yeah. Although, you know, they do take the good and take the bad here. They take them both. What do you have? <laughs> the Facts of Life. Or the Ice Warriors. Yeah. The look on your face was not happy yeah. about that segue. <laughs> Um. Uh. Yeah. Because we realized when it came back into uh, movement in episode four, we've watched episodes four and five. That uh, sure enough, Miss Garrett Jane, her she's changed her costume at some point during those two episodes. So now she is the the outfit she's wearing does not have the stripy things uh, going all the way up onto her collar. It is all white. So I abjectly apologize to the animators who were watching way more closely than I was, which makes sense. And I apologize for saying that you were wrong mm-hmm. because you were right and I was right. We were both right. Yep. There were She was wearing that and then she wasn't. Yep. And I would also like to, well, not, not exactly apologize to the, the Ice Warriors and Victoria, but I think that uh, part of my problem with the the sound was the animated episodes because I am not having... A problem anymore i mean victoria's high-pitched um squealing mm. is is still a little bit like intense but it's not bothering me as much when right. i actually can see her face along with it um she's also not quite as squealy in in these two episodes as she was in, in the previous ones and yeah maybe it's just because i actually have real ice warriors to watch instead of animated versions two-dimensional animated versions thereof yeah that's also not bothering me as much Uh, interesting i i I posited that perhaps it was you know through no fault of grimstrong's own recording this uh through his tv in 1967 but Mm -hmm. perhaps the recording and the tv speaker and the hiss Uh the sibilance of uh primitive 1960s technology perhaps Mm -hmm. rendered the um recording a little bit off despite what Mark Ayers um, mm-hmm. did to make it sound the best he could perhaps that might have been at issue yeah that that definitely could have been part of it this is a, a, a bit cleaner mm-hmm. and crisper sound so yeah so this was these two went much more smoothly than the animated ones did that's good did you, so you enjoy them then I did yeah. yeah yep yep it was I mean I'm still not gonna like sign up for a you know, I'm not going to subscribe to the Ice Warriors podcast where they just talk at me, but but it's a good podcast, okay? <laughs> is it? Is it really? Well, maybe it is all just dudes, from what I can tell. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe not as much. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's interesting. The uh, there was there was kind of a lot of nonsense with the with Victoria trying to get away through the caves of ice and being chased by Turok or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then Store for some reason. I mean, I, I can understand what they were trying to get across with his motivation. He's been living on his own as a scavenger for so long and the idea that he could have an ally against the scientists would, would certainly be something that was um, tempting. Right. But he seemed really shrewd up until that point and like the idea that he just thinks well of course 
of course they'll listen to me for mm-hmm. like there, there's no good reason for that and then he goes and gets himself killed so i guess at this point the only thing i can come up with is he went bonkers <laughs> because he was just alone and uh i don't know it, it it didn't quite work for me no he was a he was a loyalist and they yeah and he figured that oh well i hate the scientists and they must hate the scientists so um an enemy of um, their enemy is a friend and such. I mean, you know? even that logic would kind of work, but he didn't know for sure that they were against the scientists until after he had already found Victoria because he asks her the against the scientists and she says yes. And he's like, oh, okay, well, but he had already set out to find them mm-hmm. uh, to get to get help for Jamie, which doesn't make any sense because they're the ones that shot Jamie and hurt him in the first place. Why would they suddenly turn around and try to help him? So anyway, that's that's the one thing that I also I I kind of liked Stor, so I didn't want him to just run off and die. So I was I was sad. Yeah, his death um, was a, a feature of the Twitch Doctor Who on Twitch trailer. Mm-hmm. So everyone, no, I've come to help you, and then he gets killed by uh, Miralon. Um, <laughs> and so everyone saw that. Everyone only ever saw Stor when he died. Sadly, we saw more of him though, and we were mm-hmm. blessed to do so. <laughs> yes, yes, we were. Yeah, you know, with the great Angus Lenny. I've only seen him three things, but he dies prematurely in all three things. Oh. <laughs> great Escape, this, and the Terror of the Zygons. Spoilers for Terror of the Zygons. But and the Great Escape. And the Great Escape, too. <laughs> Happens very early on in the Great Escape. Um, speaking of the, the chase through the... They shot for five days at Ealing Film Studios for this stuff. None of it was on location. It was all in film. I don't know if you noticed. I did, because I do these things. Mm-hmm. But Turok, the Ice Warrior, mm-hmm. his helmet was different than what you see in other oh. Ice Warriors because they shot that first and then they realized that, oh, no, let's make a couple changes to the helmet because oh. it was just a big sort of dome and they didn't really have like a little chin piece underneath. And so they altered it and I think another one. So you see that there's two Ice Warriors with smaller heads and then mm-hmm. two with giant heads which don't quite sit quite properly um this is the last time we see the giant heads until their last uh appearance in classic doctor who which is uh the monster peladon incidentally um i was gonna say something else really interesting to me and boring to everyone else um about it being all on set and not on location you mean they didn't really go to the middle of a glacier to uh film it no but they did bring a bear that is not stock footage they actually shot a they didn't shoot a bear they (laughs) filmed a bear at ealing Film, film studios yeah Whoa! I mean, it didn't look like a very big bear. It yeah. looked like kind of like a baby, not like a cub exactly, but uh-huh. a baby. but wow. Yeah, I believe I, I kind of hope I'm right about that. I've only watched the DVD like once or twice, maybe. This is a this is I remember the beats of this story, but I don't remember some of the uh, particulars and such. I'm really enjoying watching it as a result because it feels like this is a moving episode, uh, moving picture episode of Doctor Who that um, that I, I'm not that entirely familiar with. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm greatly enjoying this. I think it's gotten sort of a reputation as sort of being boring and dull, but I'm, yeah, I find like we only have one episode left. I'm, I'm like, wow, this is, this is not necessarily like, you know, jaw-dropping stuff or anything like that, but I'm enjoying the the relationships between the humans mostly. It's amazing to see how the, the crew and Clint and... Um, Penley and 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 Miss Garrett are sort of like taking a large chunk of the action in this story at perhaps at the expense of a lot of scenes with the doctor and his companions. Yeah, there's there's a lot of 
you know, interplay in terms of who uh, they have different motivations wanting mm-hmm. to, you know, <laughs> follow the computer like Miss Garrett practically fondles it at one point like she pats it on the head <laughs> yeah the computer will save us and then yeah. there's a nice close-up of its sparkling lights but and then you have um, penley coming back and they're arguing and yeah it's good yeah it's good i was gonna also mention that um altering costumes um after filming is not uh, uncommon to this one because they did the same for the monoptera and the web planet their masks weren't quite complete during the pre-filming, and so by the time they come back into studio, like a couple weeks later, it's um, it's it's been altered. Such as TV at the time, where they didn't really care much about continuity as much as ah, no one notice. They're only going to see it once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and maybe most people won't. Also, the sensorites from episode one to episode two. Boom, dot two. Because the sensorites is amazing and great, and it's very sad that they had to change that costume. Very underrated too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One other thing I want to point out, even though we haven't heard the music as much, because it's interesting how the music in the first episode is all like, ooh, that bit, like the, and then now it's all, dung, 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 that woodblock stuff that yep. keeps going on. I was going to point out that it, uh, but I forgot to at the time when the music was much more prevalent with the, ooh, that uh, the production code of this is oh, oh. Yep. Ooh. I actually thought of that as I was posting the episode and the uh, so the sub the subtitle is always the the production code and I was thinking ooh like oh oh is that yeah. so perfect because like that's this may be a production code that I can actually remember because of the music at the beginning although I don't know in three weeks I'll, I will have probably have forgotten the music and the production code you know me oh. I, my memory just doesn't last very long unless it's something awesome like the sensor rights this is part of <laughs> this is part uh it's it Dudley Simpson doesn't do a lot of consecutive stories together but it starts with Evil of the Daleks I think for me then this then um I'm trying to think it does the Seeds of Death Space Pirates War actually then he sort of becomes regular at that point uh, up until the end of season 7 it's like my favorite era of Dudley Simpson music it's it's a, you you mentioned it before about how like going from Abominable Snowman which had no musical soundtrack whatsoever and no real sound effects because they're in a mm-hmm. in a monastery in Tibet in 1935 whereas this is all wind music computer everything there's always noise happening and maybe that's why it feels like it's sort of trucking along a little bit for me I don't know about you yeah the humming and the hissing and and all of the uh, <laughs> all the stuff. Mm-hmm. beeping and booping and yeah and whatnot mm-hmm. yeah so you're enjoying it then again yeah yeah i'm back i'm back on board okay yep and i'm I'm back on pro victoria team too because she she's 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 helping the doctor she's fake crying she's i feel like there was something okay. in episode four that she did as well where i was like yeah you go girl and i don't remember what it was but um but yeah so i've i'm 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 not being bothered by her uh screaming yeah i like the 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 scene where the doctor is like you know (laughs) cry fake cry she's like she's asking questions and then suddenly remembering that she has to cry again i thought it was a good good scene and she knows how to make she knows what a stink bomb is made out of yeah Mm -hmm. that's impressive actually Mm because i didn't know that maybe that maybe she made that maybe she learned science from the scientists at some point and well from her father perhaps or the what's his face that you know lived in her house maxtable maxtable yeah I can never remember his name. I know. Yep. Yeah, I just think um, Mandible, except mm-hmm. Maxtable. 
think about the n- maximum number of mandibles you can have. <laughs> and it's that's his name. I would then I'd have to remember mandible, which I probably am not going to remember either. Suppose not. I suppose yeah, because he was looking for it. So maybe there was a chemistry. Wow, that's that's some good backstory. Then I guess mm-hmm. probably completely coincidental, but you know. Yeah, well, I mean, he mentions like, oh, yes, you've got a good classical education. So. It's true. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hmm. And Jamie just uh, wants to get back to the to the, the place where he can get. I, I like the fact that he do, he's not asking for help for himself, for his mm-hmm. legs. He just wants the doctor and, and Victoria to get out of there yeah. and them to help to give help to them his mm-hmm. friends that's nice that's, that's very Jamie of him it is very Jamie not a lot of Jamie action in this you know he's mo- he gets shot down He's he never really does anything on his own he goes off with Arden he gets shot down he's sort of like in the background for large mm-hmm. chunks of this story it's mm-hmm. almost like a mini vacation in a way yep it's a very Victoria heavy story in terms of of who's carrying the action yeah besides the doctor and 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 yeah as you mentioned before there's a lot of side character action so you kind of have to sideline somebody and and this one it's it's Jamie sorry Jamie that's right it's a busy week it's good to have um you know a few weeks off and stuff yep. like that yeah Mm-hmm. I mean, he gets to wear some sweet ass goggles in this. That's true. When he's getting dragged through the uh, the tundra and stuff, he's got goggles on. I guess, mm-hmm. which I, I, I help. Oh no, that totally makes sense. We are in winter country That's here. True. You know, you know how uh, sunglasses and uh, and goggles can be very important. If you notice, um, Penley has them too. He's just not wearing them, right. but he's got them around his neck. So you know, because otherwise, you can end up being snow blind mm-hmm. if you're not careful. So. And Jamie, you know, he's kind of tied onto the, uh, onto that raft or whatever he's being pulled along on. So I don't think he actually has his arms really free to no. be able to move the goggles up and down. So of course he's just got to wear them. Yeah. And Penley actually moves his goggles up at one point during the, the course of that in the, in the scene. Cause they're in the forest. So he doesn't have to worry about the sun like shining right in his eyes or anything. Very true. But they will, when they go across open country where the yeah. wolves might get them. Yeah, they're safe from wolves in the forest, but mm-hmm. not from bears. Little bear. He's a cute little bear. He looked like he wanted to cuddle. <laughs> I think he did. Yeah. Yep. But he didn't. No, they just put him to sleep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else about these two episodes before we move on to sex, the final episode of the Ice Warriors? I like how, because uh, like one, two, and, and six, there's only three letters in those words. They're they're larger. Although one and six, actually six, six seems is, to be the, it's huge. Yeah. I'm just, we're just looking at the uh, the DVD Menu. loading. Menu screen, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Six is enormous. One is also quite big. Two is wider than it is tall. Like it's, there's <laughs> there's no matching to these at all. Even the font, like, is it really the same font? I'm not even sure. Maybe it is, but it looks like five is not bolded in the same way that the other ones are. It's very weird, isn't it? Yeah. There's not even consistency uh-huh. in the titles. Like, it's, yeah, sixties Doctor Who. It's a it's a wild it's a wilderness. It's not even it's a theme park. This <laughs> is what nineteen sixties Doctor Who is. changes from week to week. It's amazing. Yep, it's pretty great. Well, we should we should watch six six before the fireworks start going off here in our part of the world because it's uh, nine twenty five and of course it's very very blue sky outside because it's. Uh, it, it, the sun is not even down yet, so and it won't be for a while. So the, the fireworks aren't going to start here that soon. 
No, hour and a half. It's when the fireworks start. When did they? They start at like nine p.m. I think in the U.S. Don't they? We had this talk probably last time. We talked about fireworks because I remember we were in Sacramento in 2013, and the fireworks started at nine because it was dark at nine o'clock, and like they only started at eleven here because starting them at the midnight would be no longer Canada Day, but it would be dark enough. Yeah, eleven is a little bit too early. I know every every year I'm always like, really, they're starting the fireworks already. It's not dark out. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do. But, yeah, you're right. In Sacramento, they did start around 9. But it depends on where you are. The United States is is tall. So in Wisconsin, you couldn't start the fireworks at 9. That's too tall. <laughs> Lots of trees or what do you mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? It stretches from, from south to north. Yeah, so does Canada. But there's probably not as many people on Ellesmere Island as there is in Hayward, Wisconsin. Right. I'm just saying, like, you know, it, it, it's not it's not all at the same latitude, mm-hmm. so the time will be different from place to place. That's true. Uh, I, I, <laughs> tangent. Reminds me of um, I saw Pink Floyd in Edmonton here mm-hmm. 24 years ago now um, on June 28, 1994. Mm-hmm. And I remember they started the show at Commonwealth Stadium. It was outside. Mm-hmm. At 10.30, they finally came on stage. Because <laughs> they were probably hoping, they're, mm-hmm. you, the, throughout the rest of the tour, it gets dark, the lights come on. Mm-hmm. But 10.30 came along, and it was still bright as day outside. And so they just sort of sauntered on stage. <laughs> you could see them pick up their instruments and stuff as like the sort of the, the you know, the, some ambience sort of started playing in. But I think they were supposed to come on in darkness. But I thought, well... We waited long enough. I suppose we better go on stage. Was there a light show along with it and stuff that that they were waiting for darkness for? Uh, you know what? Maybe during the early part of the show, I'm betting you there probably was. They probably had to alter it. But um, but then by the end of the concert, it was cool, and they had this giant, like three story tall mirror ball in the middle of the uh, mm. stadium that came out during a uh, comfortably numb. It was pretty impressive, actually. And to keep it on topic, they played the Doctor snippet of the Doctor Who theme during one of these days, and I yelled my head off, yeah, Doctor Who, because I thought, wow, a rare public uh, Doctor Who reference, and here we are 24 years later, and they're everywhere. <laughs> they are everywhere. That's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's my Pink Floyd, almost Canada Day anecdote from 1994. Involving Doctor Who. Involving Doctor Who, tying a background. All right, is that it for this one? Yep. Okay, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>